Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Prang Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prayingmedic.com. You can also connect with me on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Praying Medic. Now let's jump into this week's show. crazy it's a bit whack it's only gonna get a little crazier uh it is it is gonna get crazier that's what i'm a little nervous about oh good lord (laughs) i'm starting not gonna be a paramedic very Uh, much longer so like i need you telling me that too (laughs) (laughs) i'm like the the hundredth person in line to tell you this now well, that is not an original prophetic word. I just I hate to tell you that. Um, that's, that's it's becoming cliche in the last week or two. Yeah, I can I can absolutely imagine. That's hilarious. Well, that's good. So I um, do you have forty minutes? I do. I just put a roast in the crock pot. That's why I was late. There you go. Sorry about that. I I got my onions and my garlic going, and my roast is going. So Denise is going to be happy here in about three or four hours. Bring medic. This is like number five. This is, I just, I counted them. This is your fifth time on the podcast now. I was wondering how many times I've been on the show. Yeah, so this, this is, is, number, this is five. number five. This is now officially more than any other guest we've ever had on the podcast in 112 <laughs> or whatever episodes. <laughs> well, I am deeply honored to be your most frequent flyer. Uh, do I yeah. get like a frequent flyer card and can I get my card punched for some miles today? Absolutely. That's, that's why I need to get a little card for, for, for you to punch. I mean, you're, you're, really, you're really rocking and rolling on these in, things. In my business, if you're the most frequent person I see, that means you're a system abuser and I don't generally treat you very nicely. <laughs> yeah, frequent flyer cards, ca- cards in, the para, in the paramedic. Uh, yeah, that's probably not a good look, huh? No, not good. It is awesome. I, I love talking to you and I love sharing insights into what God is doing with me and my, my circle of friends. And so it's, uh, it is an honor to be on your show. Awesome. Well, okay. So we've talked about a lot of things on the show. We've talked about divine healing in the marketplace. We've talked about the power of the prophetic ministry and seeing in the spirit. We've talked about, let's see, what else did we talk about? We talked about one other thing. I can't even remember what it was. I just remember it was good. I think it was like, you know, hearing from God and the various ways that we hear from God. And uh, today, what I really want to dig in with you is about something that we've never really talked about on the podcast. We've talked about it personally, but I really want to talk about what it's like. I mean, you've written several, several books and you have so many more to go. I want to talk about kind of the what it looks like to partner with God in your business, which is writing. But before we do that, you just had a pretty awesome experience going on the Sid Ross show, man. I did. That was an epic adventure for the books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was really cool. First, I want to say that whatever opinion you might have of Sid Roth, if you've seen him on YouTube video or on his channel or whatever, yeah. what I'm telling people now is you have to realize Sid is an actor. Yeah. Okay, he's doing a TV show. Yes. So the persona that he has on camera is a little different than the persona he has in real life. And I got to have dinner with him, and we got to talk uh, backstage in between uh, recording episodes. He is a really cool guy. He's actually a very normal, average person, believe it or not. <laughs> you wouldn't think so by watching his TV show, but he is. Right, right. Be- yeah, between... He definitely has this anim- kind of this animated thing yeah. going on. on very video. animated. He's very high energy yes. uh, on camera, but off camera. You know, we were sitting there between recordings, and he was talking about the Charlotte Hornets and how good they were doing and how they had beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he was yeah. talking about how good the Panthers were doing. When he took me from the studio back to my hotel, uh, we stayed at the studio a little bit later than we were supposed to, and they usually, the show hires a limo driver to drive mm-hmm. the guests to and from the hotel. Well, we stayed a little bit late one night, and so he drove me to the hotel to have dinner. And we talked, he was telling me about how much he loves his Nissan, car uh he goes you know this is a great car i love why would people pay a lot of money on expensive cars and you can have a car this good that doesn't cost money he is actually a very normal person he's a very he's the kind of guy that talks about the things everybody else talks about 
Yeah. And yeah. I found that to be very refreshing. And it was he was very down to earth, very easy to talk to. He actually is a really good mentor and encourager. That's awesome. He gave me some really good, insightful tips on business. Yeah. On my business. Yes. On writing, on publishing, and how to reach different audiences. It, it, I did not expect that. Although wow. that was a bonus. I, well, I have to say this. Before I flew to North Carolina, I mm-hmm. had a dream. And in the dream, a guy, I don't know who he was, but in the dream, there was this guy who was given an all-expenses-paid trip to fly across the country to be mentored. <laughs> now, I, I didn't put this together right away. Uh-huh. They paid all my expenses to fly yep. across the country. I knew I was going to be teaching. I knew I was going to be doing uh, a couple of CD recordings, one of which was on hearing God's voice, the other was on traveling in the spirit, and then I was going to be doing the interview. So I kind of thought my role in this is going to be teaching. Yes. But when I had that dream, I I did realize if this is about me, then I need to go there and learn. And I need to I be love it. So you get to do the impartation and, and also receive the impartation. I, I received a lot of very good revelation from the people that I met there, the producers and Sid. And so it was a very beneficial process for me. And it was exciting. And we had some glitches. Um, I forgot my dress pants. I had this nice black uh, jacket and a white shirt and tie and nice black pants to go with the jacket. But I forgot my pants at home. Oops. So that was a problem. We didn't have a car to drive. You can't just drive out to the mall. We didn't have a car. So we had to rely on some of our local friends to help us out. It's a good thing. Take Uber a, with no pants. <laughs> it's a good thing I have friends in just, just about every city. And, and oh actually, about two dozen of my Facebook friends showed up in Charlotte to watch that the tape. That is awesome. The so they bailed us out. I had all kinds of problems. But I you left got my, through it. I, I left my razor at home, so I had to. Oh my to, gosh! I had to go down. You have to a bald the, head. Oh my gosh! I had to shave that thing, and I had to go down to the hotel lobby and bum a, a single blade disposable razor, which was junk. Ripped my neck up. Oh so, no! So when I put my white shirt on, there was blood all over the collar. Oh my gosh! Was, we we overslept. My wife set alarm on her phone, and for some reason, when she sets an alarm and she sets it for AM, her phone switches it to PM all by itself. It just changes. Oh my gosh! It to PM. I watched it; the phone do it. So we were slept. Like warfare to get to get to it's supernatural. It was weird. We had some problems, but yeah, it, it was a really good experience. And uh, I talked about that on my last podcast. And the people who are my friends, they got a kick out of listening to what our little adventures so well, it was- i listened to it and i was laughing 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 because <laughs> i was like man now that is something else now i'm not sure how much i would have been laughing in the moment you know and i don't think i would have been laughing if i was standing I, with you i'd I, just be in like emergency help help my buddy <laughs> out mode but listening yeah. to it on the other side it was actually kind of comical yeah i was stressed out a little i can bit. imagine until i, I got imagine. in the studio i got in character and in my suit and everything was okay then i was like okay this is cool i'm, I'm good but the stressful part was stressful it wasn't all that funny so um, now when does when would the episode air do you know i don't have an exact date they usually air the episodes four to five weeks after they tape them and okay. we taped on february 4th so i'm expecting early to mid march sometime okay uh, don't have an exact date very cool. Wow. Good stuff. Okay. Well, one more question about this before we segue. What was your, what would you say was like the best takeaway for you from that experience? Oh gosh. <laughs> okay. I'll talk about some stuff I didn't even talk about on my podcast. All right. Sid and I had a conversation about what God is doing with entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and people who want to get their message out to the, to the world. Yes. And we're both of the opinion that there are technological advances being made mm-hmm. that we have to be able to keep up with. Yes. One of them is a simple thing like having a mobile app for your website. Yes. Okay. They spent a fair amount of money on R&D developing a really high-tech, very cool app for their website that is able to broadcast their videos and their programs and has different channels on it. People who use that app can stay connected and watch all their content. And it's something that they feel 
is really key to their future, to their success. Yeah. The app translates their messages into different languages. It's, it's available all around the world. I've been thinking about the possibility of creating an app for my website where people yes. could listen to my podcast and they could read my messages. And if, yes. when I start doing videos, they could watch my videos. That is something that right now I'm in the process of totally revamping my website, mm-hmm. the total redesign of it. And one of the things I probably need to incorporate is, is an app. Yeah. Now, I don't know that I have the time and, and energy right now to do that, but that's something I'm going to have to be, be looking at down the road. Yeah, two, so two things about that. One, it makes a ton of sense to me. I mean, even if you look at stats of if you pay any attention to the analytics of, you know, how many people come to your – like where what devices people are using to view your website now, uh, even what devices people are using to connect when you're doing Facebook ads and stuff like that, mobile is a huge, significant – percentage. So it's like it can't possibly be ignored. We actually have a mobile app on the uh on the agenda for Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur as well. I've already started working on writing it out writing out the requirements and getting quotes and all that good stuff. I think it's a really I think it's a, a really powerful thing because, you know, those stats you can't ignore it. You cannot ignore the percentage of people that are consuming your content and connecting with you via tablets and via smartphones. Yep. And the re- the major reason why I'm redesigning my website is I looked at my website on my phone and I was mortified at what I saw. <laughs> it looks terrible on my phone. <laughs> You're like, I can't find anything. Uh, the menus are all messed up and the sidebar is misplaced. You can't even really get at the menu very well with right. the way it is right now. It's the, the color scheme on the mobile does not at all reflect the actual color scheme of my website. Uh, the, the mobile app for my WordPress theme is a two-tone blue and my actual <laughs> website is black and orange. So that, right. <laughs> you wouldn't even know you're on my website. <laughs> right, right. So oh, my I've been, because I'm aware, I mean, I don't use a tablet and I don't really surf websites much on the phones, but I'm aware that almost everyone else in the world does. That's right. So I'm creating, uh, I'm redesigning my website to make it very, very user-friendly. And I'm okay. using uh, a theme called Divi by Elegant Themes. I'm familiar uh, with Ele- uh, Elegant Themes. Elegant okay. Themes is a really good theme creator, and yep. their Divi theme is out of this world. Cool. It is amazing. Nice. Uh, with a Divi theme, it's the mobile responsiveness is is incredible. It's the best that there is as far as I've seen. And okay, cool. I, I set up a demo website, and I'm working through the process of fine-tuning it and I love the way it displays on mobile apps, on phones and tablets. Cool. So, so you're going to be in really good shape. By the time this uh, episode airs on Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, yes. you're going to have your stuff tight. So when this swarm of people come, you're ready. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I have a couple of friends who have friends who have been on Sid Roth, yes. and they pretty much said there are a lot of horror stories out there of people who went on Sid Roth and did not anticipate yes. the increase in web traffic, mm-hmm. emails, their servers. phone calls, crashed their website. Yep. They could not capture emails. They could not stay in touch with people. And they lost a, a massive a number of contacts of people they could connect with, could do ministry with, but they yes. weren't ready for it. So we've been spending the last month, and we're going to spend the next month, ramping up our email service and the website and getting some people in place who can help us respond to inquiries for ministry because well, this, that's a that's a point that's a point for people to take all by itself as we it's like we have to be we have to be positioned well and prepared well for these opportunities you hear that all the time like even like on shark tank you know a company will go on shark tank and then you know their their servers crash and they lose yeah, all these potential yeah. customers you know it's like oh man what a missed opportunity i had a friend who was featured on uh msn.com and on yahoo.com and her website crashed <laughs> from all the traffic. So it's like, so we've got we to get ourselves positioned and ready. Well, the Lord has been warning me for a year mm-hmm. through dreams that I need to ramp up my website, that I need that there's going to be increased traffic. Yes. There's going to be increased opportunities for ministry. He's been warning me over and over and over again in dreams, things I need to take care of. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking them seriously. And You're getting on top of it now. I, I am. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be ready when, when the big 
crunch comes. I love it. Well, it's it's exciting. It's an exciting time, an exciting year for you. I'm I'm, I'm really excited because I, as someone who has uh, benefited and just really enjoyed your work, I'm just glad to see it getting out to more and more people. So I don't think you're going to be like I said right before we hopped on. It's like you know you're praying medic and you know that whole medic thing. You know we'll see. You got maybe what two months left, if that. I would love to be able to quit my job and just do teaching and mentoring and ministry and writing the rest of my life. Two two months would be good. Yeah. The show airs in March by April if we have enough interest and enough uh, work to keep us busy. Yeah. I, I would love it. It'd be great. I love it. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I already know what's happening. It's just a matter of when. Is it April? Is it May? You know. Is it... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good. Okay, so let's talk about this for a little bit. You know, uh, one of the things we've never talked about in all the various topics that we've discussed is actually, I mean, considering you write a lot, and I'm curious, (laughs) there's a lot of people in the kingdom-driven entrepreneur community who are either authors or aspiring authors, and uh, I'd love to talk about how you partner with God in your business of writing, what that looks like from, you know, ideas, how ideas come, how you write. You know, I always talk about the Holy Ghost writer. I love the Holy Ghost writer, <laughs> you know, and that process of writing, you know, with, under the grace and in the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Like, what is this like for you? Just kind of take us on a little journey in the world of praying medic. Writing is my passion. Yes. And if you have three hours, I will use up two hours and 58 minutes talking about <laughs> writing because it is the thing I love. Yes. And the weird thing is, three or four years ago, I had no interest no desire to be a writer. Mm. And so I'm, I'm 54 right now. Yeah. So I started my writing career after I was 50. Wow. I had no interest, no inkling, no warning whatsoever, other than some people who knew me wondered why I spent so much time on the computer writing stuff. <laughs> they, I, I don't know what they were thinking because my, one day my wife, a few years ago, she said, you know, honey, do you realize that you get up in the morning on your day off work? At 6 o'clock, you grab a cup of coffee, you get at the computer, and you start writing, and you don't stop writing until you go to bed at night. Wow. And then you get up the next day on your day off, and you get a cup of coffee, and you spend the whole day writing. And she said, you know, I actually think God has called you to be a writer. <laughs> you think? I looked, I looked at her like she had three heads. and <laughs> that's, a, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I'm not a writer. I'm a paramedic. That is hilarious. She, she said, honey, you spend all of your free time writing. How do you not see yourself as a writer? And I just never, I was like, no, 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 I'm a paramedic. You don't, you don't get it. It actually took her about probably between somewhere between four and six months to convince me that I should really seriously consider writing as a career. When when I published my first book, my mom got wind of it. She said, oh, it's about time you finally published a book. Is that what mom said? And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, well, everyone always knew you were a writer. Wow. And I I said, what do you mean everyone knew I was a writer? I never knew I was a writer. And she said, are you kidding me, Dave? She goes, everybody, all you've ever done is write. Writing emails, writing messages, writing here, writing there. Everybody knew you had had a love for writing. Why does that surprise you? I don't actually understand why it never clicked for me until I was over 50 years old. But now that it clicked... It is my passion. It's what I love to do. And what I've learned about writing is this. There, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are, are people who are born to be writers, and there are people who have enough life experiences that they could write a book yes. or two, but yes. they're not the same thing. That's true. Because after you've reached the age of about 45 or 50, you have enough life experiences that you should be able to sit down and at least write a devotional or a, a book to explain to people your walk through life. Yes. But there are a number of people out there who can't stop writing. <laughs> I would be one of those. <laughs> it doesn't matter where they are or what they're doing. They always yes. have a tablet and they're writing down jotting ideas or they're yes. telling people like crazy or they're on Facebook posting 1,000 word status. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a lot of friends who have diarrhea of the keyboard, <laughs> Facebook, and I I have got a hold of some of these people and said you know like, you really 
you really have an amazing gift for writing. And they look at me like, uh, you know, like I have three heads. They're like, I'm not a writer. I'm not an author. <laughs> you're like, like you just wrote a book oh, on Facebook. Let me have a conversation with you that my wife had with me a few years yes. ago. If you're one of those people who you communicate your life and your heart and your relationships and your walk to the world through writing, you're probably a writer. Yeah. And, and those people never suffer writer's block. <laughs> now, writer's block is a myth. Yeah. And even though some very prolific writers have said, I get writer's block all the time, I would challenge them. I would say they don't get writer's block. What they get is they run out of material for the book or the story they're currently working on. But that's not writer's block. Writer's block is a term we come up with when we feel like we need to be writing about one subject when we're actually being inspired to write about something else. Mm. So what happens to me when I write is I, and I found this out by accident, I have four or five books in the works at any given time. Yeah. Because when I wake up in the morning, what I feel inspired to write about may not be the same thing I was writing about yesterday. Right. So I'm writing a novel. And oh, you're working on a novel. I am. Cool. Am. Yeah, you're going to love it. <laughs> I already know it. I love all your stuff. <laughs> you are going to love this novel. It is going to blow your, your mind. So I'm working on a novel, and I get 40,000 words into it, okay. and the pump runs dry. I literally have run out of ideas. Mm -hmm. But I'm also working on the book Traveling in the Spirit Made Simple. Which I'm, I cannot wait to read. Right. So uh, because I had to do a CD message, uh, I when I went to the Sid Roth show – they recorded 45-minute teaching message by me, and I had to have an outline for it. I didn't have to, but I, want, I, I speak better off of outlines. So I was writing this outline, and, and I thought, man, i I got to get my ideas together. I have to get this organized. I had been working on this book on Traveling in the Spirit, but it was just a bunch of notes and observations and some short essays, mm -hmm. a few blog posts, some experiences, and some testimonies from friends. It really wasn't organized. Before I went to Sid Roth, I intended to spend one or two hours creating an outline. What I actually did was I wrote for four or five days straight. Oh, my uh, goodness. Most of the content of the book. Wow. The ideas, and I got them organized, and I got the chapters flowing and, I, and outlined, and I fleshed out a lot of the organizational structure of the book. Suddenly, I had lost the inspiration to write the novel, mm -hmm. and I transitioned to all this inspiration about traveling in the spirit. Right. And that happened for four or five days, and then I ran out of time, really, because I had to go to North Carolina. On any given day, what I'm going to write about, I don't really know. Like <laughs> Tomorrow, it might be a testimony of somebody who got healed. Yes. The next day, it might be another blog post on seeing in the spirit. When, because you're a writer. <laughs> because I'm a writer, and every yes. single day, the Holy Spirit is talking to me about something. Yes could be talking to me about emotional healing. It could mm -hmm. be seeing spirit. It could be something else. So the flow for me is having this little mental conversation with the Holy Spirit in my mind. Yeah. Okay. What about this? What about that? And how do these things connect? And somebody was asking me a question about that. And I don't have an answer. And the Holy Spirit goes, well, here's your answer. Mm -hmm. And then I go, oh, wow, that's brilliant. I'm going to write that down. And I start <laughs> writing. I start writing. The conversations I have with the Holy Spirit, that is how I'm led to write my books or to write blog posts or to write, you know, whatever I write. The inspiration comes from a lot of different places. Some of it is interactions I have with people, mm -hmm. questions they ask me, testimonies they share. Sometimes I'll hear somebody's testimony of something that God did, and I'll think, wow, that is a, would be a great subject for a 1,500-word blog post. Yes. Yeah. And so I'll write out the blog post, writing my own observations and what the Holy Spirit teaches me on that subject. And sometimes, and sometimes what I'll do is I'll take that blog post and I'll stick it in a little folder on my computer that's mm -hmm. going to be a folder, which will be the outline for another book. Ah, okay. I have learned that almost everything I write has the potential to be part of a book. Do you think you're going to end up writing a book related to politics by any chance? Ooh, gosh. One of the subjects that the Lord speaks to me a lot about is politics. Yeah. Um, and I noticed you kind of you took a step out there and put some stuff out there not that yeah. long ago. And I was like, oh, PM talks about politics, too. <laughs> I, I do. Well, Denise had a dream about Donald Trump a couple nights ago. I've had three dreams involving Donald Trump. Interesting. 
I've had a dream about Ben Carson. The Lord speaks to me about several subjects. I have kind of a comfort like zone. Economics, uh, politics. Yeah. No, you're right. Economics and politics yeah. and are three of the big things. He often speaks to me prophetically about health care, about mm-hmm. politics, and about economics. So you know I wrote the book, Economic Collapse. And yes. that's a large part of that is from the dreams that he's given me. I'm I'm actually debating the possibility of writing a book on pacifism and self-defense. Okay, okay. From a Christian perspective. Yes. There's all this discussion about the Second Amendment. The Lord has been speaking to me about his perspective mm-hmm. and biblical perspective on pacifism and self-defense. And yes. I would love to write a book on that. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if my chief financial officer is going to let me write that book. <laughs> Because I'm not sure that she sees it as a moneymaker. Right, right. But I'm, I am very interested in those subjects. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've noticed a real diversity in, in, in what the Lord's speaking to you about and what you're releasing <laughs> and you know, from of, those. And, I was like, oh, wow, like, I, I didn't know we're going to go there, too. This is interesting. So you, because you're yeah. a writer. And so, and writer. so you're, here, you're, right, you're a writer. So it's kind of like so you're getting things in different topics and you write. And, then, and I, write, I write poetry. Yeah. And you write poetry. That doesn't surprise me. A lot of people <laughs> don't know that. But when, when Denise and I were dating uh, from 3,000 miles away, I would send her poems that I'd written Aww. email and by text. That's awesome. I, would, I think it would be fun to publish a book on poetry down the road. I'm going to be writing some short stories. Uh, I have a novel or three in the works. <laughs> novel or three? <laughs> How do you choose? How do you choose what comes out next? Do you does the Lord guide you on that too? Yes. Oh yes, absolutely. So I try not to write anything that I don't feel the Lord wants me to write. Although I'm not a hundred percent sure all of my books had His stamp of approval yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that most of them have. Uh, like the book American Sniper. I'm not I was sure. wondering if that was the one. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not sure that he actually wanted me to write that book. But as you grow in maturity yeah. as, as a child of God, he gives you more freedom, more yeah. leeway, where he says, look, I don't need to hold your hand anymore. You're, you're a big kid. Yes. If you want to write that book, go ahead. Yes. If it's you want to write a permissive will. <laughs> right. Exactly. He might think yeah. he might sit there and laugh and think. Well, that book isn't going to make any money. But if you want to write it, go ahead. Have fun with it. When I wrote the manuscript for Craziest Adventures with God, Volume 1, the day when I got the draft finalized and I sent it to my editor, that night I had a dream about writing a book on seeing in the Spirit. Now, I had not even thought about writing a book on seeing in the Spirit. But he gave me this dream to let me know this is your next book project. Mm -hmm. So I began working on it the next day. I went to work. I had a very slow shift. We didn't run any calls. And I spent the entire day writing some draft outlines and some ideas. I would sit at my computer. The Holy Spirit would give me downloads for about 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes, and I would write what he was saying. Mm -hmm. I heard in my mind his thoughts. And then I would run out of inspiration. So I would save the document and I would go outside and go for a five or 10 minute walk around the station. And then I would come back and he would have another download for me. So I would sit there at the keyboard and I would write for another 15, 20, 30 minutes until it was all down. And then I would save it and I would walk away. Mm. And all day long, he would give me downloads that I would transcribe. I'm trying to write books that he is, as much as I can, dictating, you know, the, the Holy Ghost writer, uh, trying to get in the yeah. <laughs> of what he's saying and write what he's giving me and try not to mess it up and try, <laughs> try to stay out of the way. But, you know, we all, we all have our own writing voice. Yes, we do. We all have our own perspectives, our own illustrations and life experiences that bring something unique to the writing experience. That's right. So one person who is dictating the Holy Spirit may write very differently from another person. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah, I think that's a good thing, right? I mean, that's 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 the diversity. It's the diversity of style. Yeah. But it's what the cool thing is, you know, when you read through the New Testament, you look at all the New Testament writers, and although they all wrote with a different style and a different perspective, Mm -hmm. 
the key things they all wrote about, they were all describing the same invisible God. Yes, yes. But without contradiction, really. That's right. Which, That's right. Is, to me, is just beautiful. It is. It is. I love it. We have never talked about on the podcast uh, this whole idea of traveling in the spirit. You have alluded to it two times on two different podcasts that you were writing this book on traveling in the spirit. And for those who are like, what in the world is he talking about? Can you like give some insight into what in the world, <laughs> what in the heavens <laughs> you're talking about? I can. Uh, awesome. I can. Let's do it. Yeah. So this is a subject, admittedly, that freaks a lot of people out. <laughs> but it shouldn't. I, I believe it's actually something that's very normal. But it's something that we are not very aware of for a number of reasons, which I, I can get into here in a minute. Mm -hmm. In my conversations with my huge group of friends on Facebook, I have found that a lot of people are having experiences where they are traveling in the spirit. And so we as a group have been trying to understand what God is doing with this. Mm -hmm. When I speak of traveling in the spirit, I'm speaking mainly of two different things. And the community of people that I hang out with, we use two different terms, one of which is translocation. Okay. And with that, location of your physical body is the key thing. In tr translocation, your physical body is picked up and moved to a different location other than where you are right now, supernaturally by the power of God. So this is actually what happened to Philip in the book of Acts in chapter 8. Yes. When he was hanging out with the Ethiopian eunuch. He mm -hmm. baptized him in the ditch, yep. and when he came up out of the water, Philip was picked up and taken to, I think, Azotus, and there was a revival going on there, and he hung out there. So yep. the Lord physically picked him up and took him somewhere else. Most of us refer to that as translocation. I do know of a number of people who have experienced this. Wow. In fact, I had a prayer request from a fellow who mm -hmm. had a dislocated thumb. Okay. That happened when he was asleep, when he had a traveling experience where he ended up in China and there was an accident with a piece of heavy equipment that dislocated his thumb. Wow. He came out of the experience in his bedroom and his thumb was dislocated and he wow. went in the bathroom and, and it was, it had been in pain for five or six weeks. The reason he contacted me was to ask if I would pray for his thumb to be healed. Yeah. I asked him, how did this happen? And yeah. he explained. He went. He was in China. He was, there was a bunch of Chinese people around him. They were all speaking Chinese, although the Holy Spirit translated what they were saying. So he could understand what they were saying, yeah. even though they were speaking Chinese. Wow. He was working on this piece of heavy equipment that was something like a press. They were feeding round rods of metal stock into this machine. They were feeding one piece of metal into this machine, and he realized it was shaped incorrectly, and he knew there was going to be a problem. As soon as the doors on the machine closed, the, the metal kicked back, blew the door open, and the door hit his thumb and dislocated it. Oh, my gosh. Did he think he was having a dream? He thought he was having a dream, but he woke up with a dislocated thumb. And that's when he so at the so in the moment he's feeling like I'm in this dream, and then he wakes up, realizes he has a dislocated thumb, and is like, okay, that wasn't it, a dream. Then he realized he and his wife had both had a number of traveling in the spirit experiences. Interesting. Uh, his thumb was healed. His wife had a similar experience, which she shared from the audience at Sid Roth. She had an experience where she was in the Middle East somewhere, and she was in a, an Islamic country, mm -hmm. and she was wearing a burqa. And she was around a bunch of women, and they were all wearing burqas. She was on the roof of a two-story building. She had a box of Bibles. Mm -hmm. And she was throwing Bibles down to the street to women who were catching them and shoving them inside their burqas and hiding them. And she knew it was a traveling in the spirit experience because when the box of books was empty, yeah. the women said, hey, we, we need more Bibles. And she said, we're out. We don't have any more. Right. She took the one that she had left in her hand and she said, as I threw it down to the uh, ground, I all of a sudden landed in my bed and I was not there. <laughs> But I was thrown into my bed and I landed hard on my bed as if I had fallen off of something. Right, right. So I have a lot of friends who have these experiences. And those, wow. those are kind of where your physical body is probably being transported somewhere else. 
I'll actually, there was, I actually, there's a gentleman who goes to my church who had shared a story. It was the first time I'd ever heard of anything like this. And he was talking about a time where he's like, I was in, I was here in Florida, but all of a sudden I was in California and I kept a car accident from happening. I protected somebody from getting, uh, from dying in a car accident. And then I was back in Florida. And then he was back in Florida. Yeah. That is, that is a really common experience. I had, very, very common. I, I had never, ever heard. I guess it's one of those things. Most people probably don't even really want to talk about it. But once you they open up and start to share want... experiences, people are like, I've had that. Yeah. People don't want to talk about it because they are afraid that people are going to either think they're crazy, they're hallucinating, yeah. or they have heard of other people share their experiences and they have been dismissed or criticized or church leaders will tell them that's witchcraft. So there's a lot of fear. But yeah. when I started having public discussions on Facebook about this, people came out of the woodwork to talk wow. about their experiences. Wow. And they were, they loved, some of them literally said, I can't believe anyone's actually hosting a public discussion on this <laughs> because I've had these experiences and I never know who I could talk to about it. So, wow. So the second type of experience mm -hmm. in, is what we call translation or translation by faith. Implication with translation is your physical body stays where it is, but your spirit goes somewhere else. Mm. Okay. So this is pr the more common experience that people have. Okay. A lot of people will be sitting in church and they'll be in worship and they'll have their eyes closed and suddenly they realize, wow, I think I'm standing in the throne room of heaven and I see yeah. the Lord yeah. and, and I see angels around me and wow, what is that creature over there? And oh, oh am, am I in the river of life now? They have these experiences where in their mind, they're aware that their spirit is somewhere else. Huh. And all the time, they're still aware that their physical body is still standing in church in worship. A, a lot of people have those experiences. I, I have them quite often when I'm praying. I will be in my chair and the Lord will show me. Uh, he'll take me into a visionary experience where I see things in the throne room or I see things in other places in heaven. Uh, I have gone to the different courts of heaven and pleaded wow. cases for people. Wow. And all the, all the time, my physical body is here in my house, but yeah. my spirit is there having an experience in the heavens. And then you remember what happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm always aware when these experiences happen of both what is happening in the natural and what yes. is happening in the spiritual realm. My mind is sort of focused on, you know, oh, there's a truck driving by outside my house, but, oh, the judge is talking to me now and he's, and there's an accuser next to me who's bringing accusations against me. So that's like listening to two conversations at the same time. Okay. I have, I have, I gotta, I gotta tell you about this. So I was just sitting on my couch, right? Watching TV. And I had my phone in my hand and I just I had a moment where I was just thinking about this friend of mine. And I was just thinking, oh, you know, I really love her, you know? And so I pick up my, so I grab my phone and I'm going to send her, um, you know, I use WhatsApp. And I was about and I was just headed to record a message to her that just says, love you, sis. And that was it. Right. So I'm about to press this button. And then I realize a message comes in like a message comes in as I'm like just about to press the button. And it's from her. And she says, what's up, sis? And I'm like, um, I was just going to say, love you. And she goes, yeah. She said what she told me was I was sitting here with my headphones on just doing work and you showed up in my room. Yep. You travel in the spirit. I was like, wait, what? She goes, no, you were in my room. And so I immediately picked up my phone to find out why, what's going on. Why are you in my room? <laughs> okay. So check this out. I have a friend named Dwayne. Okay. And Dwayne and I became uh, friends on Facebook and Twitter. And I've been kind of mentoring him over the last year. So he sends me prayer requests from time to time. And he asked me to pray for this friend of his. And I said, sure, man, I I'm praying for him. Now, we're on Facebook, we're on chat, and literally 10 minutes after he sends me this prayer request, he said, I have a question for you. I was talking to my friend, the one that you were praying for, and he wanted to know why you showed up in his house. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, as soon as I told him that you were praying for him, he said he saw a man standing over him who was praying for him. <laughs> Now, I have no awareness of this at all. Wait, so I why don't we know? Like, how is it that? So, okay. How is that? So, like, I'm in her room. You were in his house, but we have absolutely no idea no that it happened. No awareness of it. Right. Let me explain what I think is going on. 
I get a ton of prayer requests, okay. and most of them are through email and private message. What I've been aware of is, and, and here is the thing about traveling in the Spirit. This is the key. It is awareness. You, mm. If you were more aware of what mm-hmm. you were doing, yes. you would actually sense that you were somewhere else. And here's how ah. So when okay. I prayed, when I, I prayed for this guy in Africa one time, I think he was in Nigeria. He had malaria. Okay. And so I got a prayer request. And like a lot of prayer requests, I closed my eyes and I started praying. And in this particular experience, I actually saw him in a vision in my mind's eye. I saw him okay. sitting in front of me. Okay. And I had my hands out like I was going to touch his shoulders, and I was just praying over him. He sent me a private message the next day that he was healed of malaria. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell him that I sensed that I was actually there in the spirit. Wow. It is interesting because Paul says in several places in his letters, he said, I am with you in spirit, or I am, the, I am absent in the body, but with you in spirit. You know, you, you think... <laughs> we that, use that phrase like so with, like, cavalier. Well, Right. But as I have these experiences, I think Paul was actually going there in the spirit and like laying hands and praying over people. I suspect that that Paul was doing a lot more spiritual traveling than most people are aware of. If you study the lives of Elijah and Elisha, you will come to the same conclusion. These guys were were traveling in the spirit. In one of the passages, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's 2 Kings chapter 5 or chapter 6, Elisha says, Go tell King Ahab where I am. And I think it's Obadiah. And Obadiah says, I'm not going to tell him anything because you and I both know as soon as I go to the king and tell him you're here, the Spirit of the Lord is going to take you somewhere else and the king's going to come and find you not there and he's going to kill me. Because Obadiah knew that the prophet was being moved around by the Lord. And then in another passage, Israel was at war and the king uh, that they were at war against accused his people in his uh, inner circle of betraying him because Israel had such accurate information about the troop positions. He said, someone is telling them things that I only talk about in my bedroom. Now, the prophet had all this same, it was Elisha, had already demonstrated that he was following people in the spirit to, to check up on them. And it's my belief that he was traveling in the spirit over to the king's bedchambers getting information in the spirit and coming back and telling the king of Israel what the true placements were going to be. If you look through the scriptures, you'll find a lot more spiritual traveling going on. Well, a very common one that a lot of people don't pick up on is in John chapter 6. Okay. Jesus comes walking upon the water in a storm in the middle of the night to the disciples who were in a boat. Now it says it says they were in the midst middle of the sea after they had rowed about I think it was three or four hours. They were in the uh-huh. middle of the Sea of Galilee, it says. Yes. The Lord appears to them, Jesus. and here comes Jesus, and they're afraid. And he says, do not be afraid, it's me. He gets in the boat, and the last thing it says is, and the boat was immediately at land. <laughs> now, hey, now, you don't even realize what, what that says. That's saying that he, Jesus and the disciples were supernaturally transported three or four miles to, to shore as soon as he got in the boat. <laughs> now, I most certainly did not catch that. <laughs> if you read through the scriptures carefully, you'll find all kinds of strange things like that going on that is really easy to 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 miss. Wow. But the point of it is where where this all started was in 2010, the Lord gave me a series of dreams. Mm-hmm. This is the key thing for me where the whole journey started. In the dream, I have two friends they're, they're my best friends, Todd Adams and Dave McLean. Mm-hmm. The three of us were being translocated from one place to another to another as a group, the three okay. of us. We were comparing notes, basically, about what we saw, what we heard, what we experienced, and what we were told as we were doing these traveling in the spirit experiences. This is your dream, right? This is in a dream. Okay. So in one of the experiences, I was told... Don't eat anything until you get back. Okay. So in a later experience, I was translocated to Boston. I just, if you've ever seen Star Trek, the little Mm -hmm. transporter beams, I materialized on the off-ramp 
uh, <laughs> outside, near Boston. Right. I walked down to the intersection and I asked the guy how to get to Fenway Park. Okay. I actually asked two different people. One guy said, uh, take the surface roads and you can get there going this way. Another guy said, no, you should get back on the freeway. The first guy that I asked for directions told me, when you get to Fenway, make sure you have a hot dog. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I go to Fenway Park, and that was the end of that dream. Then right. There was a, then there was another dream. I'll tell you about the second dream in a minute. Okay. After I woke up, I was talking with my friends about this dream, and mm-hmm. they have had some experiences. Well, one of them has actually been to the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus when he, when he told Peter, would you pray for me? Yes. And he's bleeding drops of blood. Well, this friend of mine traveled back in time to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was praying for Jesus in the garden. <laughs> now, that may sound crazy, but I have another friend who went there, saw her friends there in the garden with her, and walked with him on the road as he was going and watched him get crucified. Dave, this stuff will mess this will this stuff will just like mess this your is, head up. This will mess <laughs> your head up. My wife had a dream about four months ago where she and I were traveling back and forth in time to change the outcome of events mm-hmm. in time, wow. changing the outcomes. I had a dream last night <laughs> where I was aware of people who had birth defects so severe they could not live. They all mm-hmm. died. Right. In the dream... I watched these people live out a normal life without birthdays. Mm. Wow. So I was at, Denise wow. and I were talking about this, and I said, you know, if you take that dream literally, what it represents is the idea that we could go back in time, change someone's DNA through prayer or whatever, so that they would not die mm. before they were born, but they would actually live a normal life and be wow. able to complete their divine destiny and their assignments. Wow. This this stuff is really heavy. And, it's, the, and it reminds me of the, um, I mean, we just have a couple more minutes here, but the, it reminds me a bit of um, that show that your friend Jesse Berkey was on. Um, what was it called? show was Project Afterlife. Project Afterlife. Yeah, yeah. Project yeah, it's, it, is, it is very much on that same vein. Yeah, really just like, you know, you and I always laugh and say, wow, he's, there's just so much more to him than we think. And it's just like, this is just another, yeah. another... Uh, layer of just wow he's just so, so much more and there's just so much more than we there know is more. <laughs> Shay, Shay I have to share the second dream that night oh share yes okay please. so in the second dream after the one where we were translocating to different places right I materialized on a freeway overpass so I'm there on the overpass and there's a freeway going below me and I can okay. see a few cars traveling to and from going in different directions on the on the freeway I'm standing in front of an off-ramp it, it was a two-lane off-ramp. It had mm-hmm. one lane of going onto the freeway and one lane of traffic coming off. Right. It was being widened. Two more lanes were being added. Okay. So it was going to become a four-lane off and on-ramp. Right. There was a temporary divider between the on and off-coming traffic. A set of cones were set up between the two lanes of traffic. But it, that was temporary because there was more capacity – for getting on and getting off, this freeway was being built. Right, right. All right. So I've been asking the Lord about that, how, how, what that means. And he said, he said, look, think of spiritual travel mm-hmm. as a kingdom highway. Okay. Very few people right now are traveling, but I'm building capacity for more people mm. to spirit, travel in the spirit if they want to. Mm. I have. I have purposes. I have things I need them to do. And this is the way I want to accomplish it. I am in the process of building and constructing a better understanding, a fuller understanding of what this is all about. Wow. That was what the construction on the on and off ramps was all about. Wow. When I I gave the first message I ever gave on this subject, a guy stood up in in the audience and said, I got to tell you a story. And he said, back when the Fukushima nuclear reactor accident happened. The Lord took me in the spirit inside of the reactor core. And he said, I was there and I was praying and interceding. And I asked the Lord, why am I here? And he said, I need you to be here because 
your prayers are going to prevent this accident from getting worse than it already is. Mm-hmm. Now, while he was there, he saw these white birds flying into and out of the reactor core. The whole time he was there, he saw white birds flying into and out of. He asked the Lord, what are these white birds? And the Lord said, I have many like you that are on similar assignments. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's really nothing else other to say. Just wow. This this stuff is going to stretch people a lot. It really, it, I mean, it really does. It, but he has a really amazing purpose. If we're willing to work with him and learn and grow and be patient with how he teaches us how to do this stuff. Wow. And it's all, and I mean, ultimately people would say, well, of course I don't get it. Like I don't, but I mean, well, the thing is, is that it's, it's for his purposes, right? right. I mean, right. it's all right. about his, this is not just for, you know, neato stuff, you know, Hey, well, that would be kind of cool. No, it's, I mean, it, it, some of it can be for entertainment. Now, it was really interesting to me that I ended up going to Fenway <laughs> to watch a baseball game, which to me tells me that the Lord, if he wants to just have a little bit of fun with his kids, he He'll may want that. to do that. But he also has some very significant purposes for most of the things we're going to do. Wow. Wow. That's that's some good stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping to have the book finished and available by early in summer. Oh, good. That's going to be a good one. And I know that the testimonies that, that you know, the stories that you share through that are going to be really wild and uh, powerful. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, good stuff. Thanks for sharing. This is, oh, man. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to chatting, chatting it up with you again, man. Thanks, Shay. It's always right. a pleasure talking to you. Talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.